0: Well, it's an incredibly important and powerful passage, some really important truths for us to learn and live by here. So uh, my prayer is that God would fill me and equip me with the Holy Spirit and enable me to communicate them to you and that the Holy Spirit would also open your hearts to receive and learn and uh, just be completely ready to receive what God has to show you today. For 11 years... Uh, long time ago. I worked for a company called Par Manufacturing. And the owner had an explosive temper. And he used threats as a means of motivating people. Anger and threats, I I would say, in combination. And one thing I remember him saying just multiple times, year after year when I was there, in great anger, you guys won't get any bonus this year. Your bonuses are on the scrap truck. The the company made automotive fuel filters. They were steel parts. And if something went wrong in the manufacturing process, the parts literally would be put on the scrap truck. And he would get so mad about that. So when bonus time came around each year, which we usually got a a year-end bonus, and when that time came around each year, we all always felt that we had to sort of play up to him or to appease him, or just kind of do some extra things to make him feel better that would maybe change his mood and give us a chance of getting a bonus that year. Well, some people actually view God very much like that. People who cling to legalism believe that that God is severe and, and reluctant to give and that in some way he must be bought by our performance. He must be coaxed into showing us favor. If, if we perform well enough, we will gain his favor. But the gospel reveals a completely different kind of God. The gospel reveals God or shows God as generous beyond our imagination. It reveals a God who bought and paid for all of our salvation and all of its benefits from beginning to end through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And that's why when we opened the very book, the book of Galatians, I gave a message just in basically that God gives and we receive. I mean, if you want just to boil it down how the gospel works, God gives and we receive. And we begin the Christian life and we continue to live up to this day right now by receiving what God gives by faith. God gives out of the abundance of his love and generosity, and we we merely merely receive. So I'm going to share with you this morning five life-changing truths from this passage. And the first one is this, simply that all that the gospel offers, it offers freely. All that God has for you, he offers to you Freely, without cost, without price. Uh, We've already seen in previous messages in Galatians that the, the forgiveness of our sins comes to us freely as a gift. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ is credited to us. And that comes to us freely, without charge, through faith. And in this passage, Paul introduces a third major benefit that we receive freely by faith. And before I use a a verse in this passage to support that, I'm going to jump down to verse 14, which we didn't have in our reading. But it says, Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith we might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want to just kind of abbreviate that verse, it says this. Christ died for you so that you might receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the key to everything in our present Christian life. He is our strength, our resource. He gives us all that we need to live out a life pleasing to God. What, and as we've seen, what the law could never do to transform you, to heal you, to save you, to change you, Christ did, and the Holy Spirit can do that presently. So, God gives. All that the gospel offers, it offers freely. God gives forgiveness, He gives righteousness through the gospel, and He gives the Holy Spirit. And that's what verse 2 says in our passage. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the actions or the works of the law, Or by believing what you heard? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by doing some little performance? Or by believing what you heard? We receive the Holy Spirit by believing because it is one of the benefits that Christ died to give us. And verse 5 says, Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you do the required actions of the law or because you believe what you heard. Uh, other translations say, I think it's the NIV that says, does God give you His Spirit? Other translations say God provides you with the Spirit or supplies you with His Spirit. But either way, the, the clear message is that the Holy Spirit comes to you, comes to me freely as a gift given to you out of the generosity of God. So that's the, that's the first lesson, and it's a tough lesson for us to learn because we're so used to trying to perform and work and earn and pass the test and achieve and everything for everything in life. But the, the, the gospel message is a radical message. It's, a, it's an unexpected message. It's, it's a message that comes out of a different place, and I think that alone explains the, the, that it is from God because it just wouldn't originate from our thoughts. All that God has for you comes freely through Christ. Secondly, the second major truth that I want you to see from this, that I think is clearly in this passage, is that we that we merely receive all things from God by faith. We accept them by faith in God's promises, by faith in God's generosity, by faith in in God's willingness to give and to give and to give. Years ago, we were sitting around a, a table at my brother's house, and we, we were, there was a missionary there. Uh, his name was Norman Grubb. He was, he was up in his 90s, he was very, 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 very old. And we asked him to say the blessing uh, for, for the meal. He didn't close his eyes. He just raised his hands to heaven. And he said, what can we say, Lord? You just give and give and give and give some more. Amen. I mean, that was, that was, his, that was the way he viewed God. And it's just so hard for us to, to kind of get that, that God gives. And we merely receive things by faith. We accept from God's generis- generosity. We, we believe what he has promised we believe what He did for us at the cross. We receive by believing what we heard, as this verse says, or some translations say, or by hearing with faith. We hear the glorious message of all that God has for us in Christ, and we we believe it. Faith is one of the major themes of this book, and and it's so important to understand what faith is. And again, faith is... Faith is simply receiving a gift that is offered. I love what Martin Luther said. He said, the law has nothing to give. It demands, and its demands are impossible. The gospel brings donations. I love that. (laughs) The gospel brings donations. It pleads for open hands to take what is being offered. Or it pleads for open hands to take those donations from God. So you receive forgiveness of sins, you receive justification, and you receive the Holy Spirit by donation. You just open your empty hands to receive by faith and rejoice Now, to emphasize that, that faith is the, the means or the instrument by which we receive from God, uh, Paul uses this particular benefit of the gospel, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he has just one question that he, he wants to ask, and Paul knows this one question will destroy their tendency to trust in the law and in their own performance, and, and in rules, or just that whole kind of law-based living. He, he knows this one question is just going to destroy that. It's, it's, I, I get the idea that he can't, just can't wait to ask it. <laughs> he said, I only want to ask you guys one question. He said, my, you know, it's like my message is to you is going to be really brief. I only want to ask you this one thing. And that's in verse 2. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by hearing with faith? And this question was, was extremely effective with them because, number one, Paul knew that these people had experienced receiving the Holy Spirit, and these people knew that the Holy Spirit was living in them. You know, we've said several times that a Christian, a definition of a Christian is someone in whom Jesus Christ lives by His Spirit. That's that's the most fundamental issue. That's what conversion is. Every Christian should be totally aware that they have the Holy Spirit living in them. In fact, it says in Romans, without the Spirit, we do not belong to Christ. Or if we don't have the Spirit, we do not belong to Christ. He is the single proof that we are saved, that we belong to Jesus Christ. So Paul's question is, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? He knew they'd experienced that. He knew that. He knew they knew that. So this question is, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? Did you you keep some law or set of laws or set of rules in order to gain the right to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or was he just poured out upon you by simply believing what was promised to you in the gospel? And... This is, a, it's, this is a powerful question because they knew that God gave them His Spirit and they received the Spirit simply by hearing and rejoicing in the message of Christ. Uh, they knew the Holy Spirit did not come to them by performing something for God or by passing some kind of spiritual test or by completing an assignment or finishing a certain amount of work, but by receiving something from God. By faith. So that's what Paul says. Did did you receive the Spirit by doing all this stuff, or by hearing with faith, or by faith? And so Paul Paul's point clearly is keeping laws or rules or rituals does not bring down the Holy Spirit to you. Faith brings down the Holy Spirit, so to speak. It's the word of faith. You don't have to go climb some mountain, you don't have to, so to speak, you don't have to climb a ladder. Faith brings down the Holy Spirit to you. Faith brings the enjoyment and the experience of the Holy Spirit. Faith brings the, the joy and the experience of Christ, of God living in you through His Spirit. Laws Keeping laws does not produce forgiveness of sins. Keeping laws does not produce righteousness or the promise of the Spirit, but it is, it is through faith, through open arms, empty hands, receiving. That is how we, how, we, how we receive and how we enjoy and to continue to enjoy all of these things simply on the basis of faith. And I would emphasize that, that you enjoy these things today to the degree that you live by faith. Today, and the promises and generosity and goodness and, and the glorious message of the gospel, so in a sense we, it's, we not only be, need to be awakened and, and have our our faith uh, awakened uh, at the very beginning of, of our Christian life, we, we must you know, just continue to receive and to believe and to glory in these things and to have our hearts and our lives nourished by these truths so so I would just ask you, are, are you living by faith today in the blessings of the gospel? Are you living by faith today in the blessings that your sins are not counted against you? That you're clean, that you're innocent, that you're not guilty in God's sight through Jesus Christ? Are you rejoicing by faith in that today? Are you living by faith today in God's amazing grace? Are you rejoicing in faith today that you are clothed with the righteousness of Christ, that you have this faultless, blameless standing before God, that God welcomes you, that God opens his arms to you, that God is smiling at you through Christ. Are you, are you living by faith today that the Holy Spirit is present and living inside of you and that his power and resources are freely available to you today? I was up at a funeral service years ago uh, someplace in northern Iowa. I don't even remember the name of the town. And I saw they had, I I think it's from the Apostles' Creed, but in in the stained glass, it was an old church, in the stained glass windows up in the church, they said, I believe in the Father. And the next window said, and in His Son, Jesus Christ. And the third stained glass window said, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I, I read that third one and it struck, hit, hit me like a thunderbolt. Because, yeah, I believe in the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ, His Son. But a present real belief in the Holy Spirit changes everything. And so we, uh, we live today by faith in these blessings so are you drawing upon him for all the love and the help and the strength that you need to live a godly life today? Are you, are you, and are you basking in the freedom or are you enjoying the freedom of knowing that all these things come to you without cost? They came to you without cost. They flow to you continually without cost, without performing anything to earn them. Well, Paul calls the Galatians foolish for living any other way. I mean, Paul says, hey, this is such a great way to live. The, the, the way of living that the gospel brings is such a glorious and wonderful way to live. He, he calls them foolish for being sucked into living any other way, for being seduced into some other way or some other emphasis of living. So he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It's just so foolish uh, to turn away from the grace of the gospel, from coming and receiving and enjoying the bounty of God and to turn from that to striving in your own strength to gain some sense of worth or approval or trying to complete yourself or fix yourself or heal yourself through your own thing or things or efforts or striving or struggling to keep some kind of uh, religious rules. And Paul said he had vividly described the crucifixion of Christ bore them, before them, before their eyes. And it's hard to know exactly what Paul means by this, but I, I believe that what he did was he that he did actually vividly describe the experience of Christ dying for us, that Christ Paul was consumed with this whole message of the cross. Christ loved us and gave himself for us on the cross. And I think he put before them this this image, this picture of Christ uh, dying for us on the cross. And I also believe, though, that he didn't... It wasn't just an image of the crucifix. But he put before them all the benefits that flowed to them out of the cross the incredible spiritual standing that we have before God that comes to us because of Christ and Christ crucified. I can imagine Paul uh, describing cr- uh, Christ on the cross and then telling them again and again that through the cross there is forgiveness of sins. Our debts our debts are canceled, that there's no more condemnation, no more shame, that there is a standing of righteousness with God, forgiveness of sins and In some ways, the most miraculous and amazing gift of all, the gift of God himself to us in the Holy Spirit to come and live in us. And so why would you turn back from this freedom? Why would you turn back from this blessing of living by faith, of receiving all these things through faith in Jesus? And he said, who has bewitched you? Did... Did, did some witch cast a spell on you? Did some demon trick you into this tendency to cling to your rules and your rituals and your works of the law? And I actually think it is a strategy of Satan to get our eyes off of Christ and and onto our own miserable selves. Even if we don't think we, if, even if we don't think of ourselves as our own miserable selves, apart from Christ, that's what we are. And Satan works to get get our eyes off of Christ and and onto ourselves and onto our own works and achievements. Because if he can do that, then 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 he has a, he has grounds to condemn us. He can pile on the shame and the guilt and the hopelessness of what we are without Jesus, or he can fill us with pride for the fact that we do keep certain laws and standards and. We keep them better than our spouse, our wife, or our husband, or, or our neighbor. Or we keep them better than that other person at church. And so it, it just opens us up to shame, guilt, condemnation, being beat down in hopelessness by the devil. Or it can, can open us up to, to being uh, in, a, in, a, in a false and a wrong way, exalted and proud and confident in ourselves. Okay, the third truth, the thir- third life-changing truth from this is that this passage is that is that you begin by the Spirit and you continue to the end by the Spirit. You begin your Christian life by an infusion of God's Spirit into your life and soul. And... You continue by means of the same Spirit. So Paul's follow-up question uh, here is one of the most important questions that anyone has ever asked any Christian ever. And maybe it's one that you need to ask yourself this morning. And the question is this. After beginning by means of the Spirit are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? The flesh is just you, yourself, on your own. It's your human works. Um, and our works as believers, we do work as believers, but our our works flow out of the moving and inspiration and power of the, and fruit of the Spirit within us. Paul's talking about fleshly works is just... It's just you trying to grind out something for God, to, to earn some kind of merit or favor with God. Um, another translation says, After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? I think that's, that really captures the essence of, of this passage. You, you, started, you started this Christian experience, you started this journey by the Spirit of God being poured into your very being. And so Paul says, you're going to go the rest of the way. Are you going to go the rest of the way on your own efforts? Well, what happened to these people at Galatia happens to a lot of people, and it can happen to you. You, you come to Jesus Christ with, with nothing in your hand. Maybe you come to Jesus, you've been through an experience in your life, you're 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 broken, you're, uh, you've been through some some really se- severe trial. Maybe not, but a lot of people do come in, at times where they're broken, hurting, uh, keenly aware of their failure and the sin, and they turn to Christ as a savior. You come to Jesus with nothing in your hand but simple faith in Him. You receive forgiveness of sins. You receive release from your sin and shame and guilt and condemnation. Uh, you receive the joy of being. Of, of your sins being washed away, of being free, of being, being clean. Maybe for the first time in your life, uh, you feel the joy of being, of, 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 of being clean and righteous. And you receive the Holy Spirit. You're aware, of His, you're aware of His precious presence. You're aware of His still, small voice speaking, His gentle leading. You're aware that He is leading and moving you in paths of righteousness. Uh, you experience the joy and the excitement of being led by the Spirit. You experience the love of God through the Holy Spirit poured out into your heart and you know that you did nothing to deserve all of this. You just you just feel so blessed. But then a certain shift takes place in your thinking and you begin to think that this, this glory of receiving from God, was, was just, that was just for the beginning of your Christian life. Uh, you think this work of the Spirit was just for a season in your life or just for a stage that you went through. And now you need to finish things off yourself. You need to get up and get with it and get going and complete this thing we call the Christian life. In other words, you need to complete by your own flesh what God started by the Spirit. That's that's what we think. But again, Paul's very simple but powerful question: uh, If you did you, if. If you began by the Spirit, are you going to be completed by... If you began by the Spirit of the living God, are you going to be completed by puny little you? And the answer is no. <laughs> but if you think that way... You, and if you think of, the, of faith in Christ... And as the work of the Spirit in you is something that that happened a long time ago, and and now the focus has shifted back onto you and your own performance, your own effort, your own keeping of certain rituals or laws or spiritual lists of some kind, pretty soon it's not a life of faith that receives from God. It's a life of the flesh that works to fulfill a law or meet certain standards. In other words, life becomes a burden. It's, it's a life of performing your own little religion. It's all focused on you trying to add something to God's grace. And this is exactly what was happening in, the, in these churches. So, again, not to be too repetitive, but wow, this is such an important message to get. We start by receiving the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will take you all the way home. We live, we live now. We live life now by walking in the Spirit and with the Spirit and in the power of the Spirit. You live in this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. I love that verse in, I think it's the end of 1st or 2nd Corinthians. We live in in the communion of the Holy Spirit. We live in this fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He inspires you. He instructs you. He teaches you. He promotes God's agenda in your life. He is God's means to sanctify you. He's the one that's going to complete you. And it's going to take all of his power to do it. He's fully able to make you all that God wants you to be. He is God's means to sanctify you. And he's able to do that without you turning your attention to back to the law or laws as a way of living and thinking. Um, So the Holy Spirit is in you and with you today to accomplish God's work in your life. And basically Paul is saying is that you don't graduate to something else. You don't graduate to some other system, to some other series of steps or secret methods. To complete yourself, if you are born again, it started with the Spirit, and you get you get all the way to heaven with the Spirit. All right, fourth uh, life changing truth from this passage: living by faith and living by laws don't mix. Paul's trying to communicate to to these to the people that there's there's really two completely different ways of living. There's and our life. Is living, is living by the Spirit, by faith, or to say it another way, this life of living by the Spirit is a life of faith, not laws. So, I don't, I don't to get too complicated, but, but the flesh or just living by human effort, that kind of gets, that connects up or it goes with the law, okay so you have laws and how you perform laws is by human effort, okay? So the flesh and keeping laws go together, okay? And Paul says, that whole system's gone, okay? And the new system is faith and the Holy Spirit, okay? Faith as opposed to the flesh or human effort, faith and the Holy Spirit as opposed to laws. And, Again, these are two completely different ways of living and they just don't and they can't mix. The Holy Spirit is given to you by faith. Is not what it says in this passage, by hearing with faith. The Holy Spirit is given to you by faith and he continues to work his works in you by faith. Verse five says, so again, I, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your hearing with faith um god was saying to these to these people or paul was saying to these people that god has worked miracles in your hearts and in your lives now i don't know specifically what paul had in mind it's I, I think it's probably likely that he had in mind some of the the common manifestations or gifts of the holy spirit such as prophecy or speaking in tongues or other gifts of the holy spirit that they experienced he's talking about uh that that he said uh Does God who give you His Spirit and works miracles among you, does He do that by the works of the law or by your hearing with faith? But but the issue is, do these precious gifts and miraculous works and even just the miraculous life-changing power of the Holy Spirit that you've experienced, did that come from meeting some standard or performing... Some work by some great effort. No, again, they all come by simply believing God by faith, not law. So, I just want to want to emphasize this this combination of faith and the Holy Spirit. Um, faith is how you receive the Holy Spirit. Faith is how you continue to draw upon the Holy Spirit. Faith is how you continue to draw upon the Holy Spirit's works and and miracles in your daily life. So, one way of of living is by human efforts to try to keep laws. The other way of living is by walking in the Spirit or living by faith in the Spirit, trusting in His working in us. So, you're either going to be a man or woman of faith and trust in the Spirit and His ability to work in you ...and through you, or you're going to live life by trying to meet a set of standards by the work of your own flesh. And these are completely different things. So, I want to ask you another question. Do you get up each day looking to and depending on the Holy Spirit for the words you will say, for the wisdom you will need, for the love that you will need for that certain person, for the gentleness that you need for a certain situation... Do you look to and depend on the Holy Spirit for the self-control that you need? Do you look to and trust in the Spirit for the attitudes of heart that you need, for the quietness, for the, the, the love, the joy, the peace that you need? Do you, do you look to Him to show you who to go serve today? Do you look to Him to, to show you who to go love today? And do you trust him for the resources to go love people and to go serve people? So, we we must live by faith. I mean, this the the spirit doesn't respond to anything else. The faith and the Holy Spirit go together. The Holy Spirit doesn't work on any other basis. You look to him alone, and he works in you and through you. Trusting in your own fleshly efforts. Um, to get you somewhere only results in going backwards spiritually, and then the last life-changing truth. And there, I, I admit that there's some kind of redundancy on some of these, but but I, this one I think is really important to to uh, to see and to, and have clearly in your mind as you grow through life. And that's this: that the gospel's alternative to the law is. The Spirit, okay. The gospel's alternative to law keeping is the Spirit. Just as, um, just as kind of fleshly effort and the Spirit don't go together, the law and the Spirit are are two completely opposite ways of living that cannot mix. Uh, in other words, you can't be walking in the law. You can't. You can't be trying to be this. Sort of law-based Christian and a spirit-filled, walking in the Spirit kind of Christian. Okay, it just you, they don't go together, and it's the Spirit, not the law, that is now your resource for all things as a Christian. In other words, a Christian is someone who is led by the Spirit. So, throughout this book of Galatians. From, really from beginning to end, but we'll see more and more, Paul turns our attention more and more to the Spirit through the rest, of the rest of the book. And later on, he'll say, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So, in churches where there is no emphasis on the reality of the Holy Spirit, all you have left is the law. And I give David Janasek credit for that quote. He shared it with me sometime uh, go at a prayer meeting at our house, at our last house at 204 Camden and it really stayed with me. In churches where there's no emphasis on the reality of the Holy Spirit, all you have left is the law. I mean, without the Holy Spirit, you don't have anything else to to try to to go to to try to change you. Either you look to the law or to laws to keep yourself in line or you look to the Spirit. And so... Is there, is, there an, is there an impersonal thing or law or philosophy that is shaping your life? Or is the personal, living, dynamic Holy Spirit guiding you and shaping your life? You begin by the Spirit. You don't complete yourself by laws. You get completed by this fellowship and communion and following and walking in the Holy Spirit. A.B. Simpson uh, said, Every moment you should find yourself breathing out yourself to Christ and breathing afresh in His life and love and power. God is waiting to send you the Holy Spirit. He is longing to bless us. His one business is to quicken and sustain our spiritual life. I love that phrase. I mean, just think of God. God is right there today. And His... His, uh, His his one business, so to speak, or the one thing that he's totally available for is to quicken or make alive and strengthen your spiritual life. To quicken and sustain our spiritual life. He has nothing else to do with his limitless resources. Let us receive him. Let us live in him. Lord, help me this day to dwell in thee as the flower in the sunshine, as the fish in the sea, living in thy love as the atmosphere and element of my being. And I think that's what living by faith looks like. I think that's what living in the Spirit looks looks like, immersed in God's presence. And it's so different than living by the works of the law. And, you know, we're not going to be able to get to it... Uh, on Abraham and all it says about that. But the very last phrase, I think of verse nine is it. So those, at least the way the NIV says, it, those who, are, who rely on faith are blessed. Those who are of faith are blessed. Those who live this way in the spirit by faith, those are the people who are blessed. So if your Christian life has in some way become a burden rather than a blessing, uh, it could could be that you've kind of fallen back toward a kind of a law-based, rule-based sort of living. And the call to you this morning is to live by faith. Live by the Spirit, not yourself. Receive, believe what He offers. Go, go through life, go through your day believing in the, the glorious acceptance that we have with God through the cross. Go through life glorying in Christ, not in yourself. Glory in the forgiveness of your sins, totally bought and paid for by Jesus. Glory in the righteousness of God credited to you. And glory in the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and glory in the freedom of being led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Christ redeemed us so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Let's pray.